0: about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. So praise God. Take your Bibles this morning. I would like to get practical this morning about the kingdom of God. Uh, You can go on our website, mytcvc.com, and check uh, sermons from the past weeks, months, whatever you need to do. Basically, we are here teaching on the kingdom of God. When I first got in the ministry, one of the quotes that God gave me was, No more normal Christianity. And when I started teaching for about the first five years, that was my slogan, but I had no idea what normal Christianity was and what it wasn't at that time. So the Lord has been dealing with me for quite a long time to show us that there's a better way to life. If you're, if you're here this morning, you're out there this morning, and you're having difficulties in your Christian walk, the, the problem is not the Christian walk. It's not understanding the kingdom walk. When you enter into the kingdom of God, there are things you need to learn, things you need to know. And the church has basically stopped if you would, at a certain point and not gone any further. Well, what we want to do through the Word of God and through Jesus' teaching is take you further so that you can live a kingdom life, which is a victorious life, which is basically appetizing to other people who are in living in doom and gloom right now. If you're living in the same place that they are, it's not really going to help much because nobody's going to come to you for help if you're just as bad off as they are. But if you're in the kingdom and you're living in peace and you're living in joy and you're living in power and you're living in victory, yeah. other people will see you, praise God, and they will want to enter in with you. So Matthew chapter... 4 this morning. Look at verse 17. This is the first sermon that Jesus preached. From that time Jesus began to preach and say repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is here. If you study Jesus' life in the four gospels, you're going to find out the only thing that he really talked about was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like. This is what we can liken to the kingdom of God. Jesus' teaching basically were to bring back a kingdom that man had lost in the garden when Adam failed. He lost his dominion, and he lost his kingdom on earth. And when Jesus came back, he came back to destroy. restore that kingdom to mankind so basically jesus talked about the kingdom of god which is really to make it easier for us it's the government of god it's how god operates it's how god does things so he came back to bring the government of god he taught on it the whole time and basically jesus top priority was the kingdom of god And that's what I want to talk about this morning in your life. In order for you to live a kingdom life, you have to set priorities in your life. If you go about drifting from day to day and just want to do this and want to do that, most of the time what you wanted to do, you don't end up doing anyway and putting off. So we're going to talk about priorities. God wants us to come to a place to where Peter put it, we are a chosen generation, we are a royal priesthood, we are a holy nation... A peculiar people who would show forth the praises of Him who has called them out of darkness into His marvelous light. That's what He has called us to do. So Jesus preached that the kingdom of God is already here. We know that Jesus came, we know that He died, we know that He was raised, and then He sent somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost, praise God, and all these things were not the end. The church stops at each one of these, but these are not the end. These are a part of the plan of God to get the kingdom of God back into the earth realm. So all these are a piece, all these are a portion of that. And because the church has stopped basically with uh, pouring out of the Holy Ghost and not going any further and talking about the kingdom, many people get into the church and they backslide. I mean, when I first got born again, got in the church, everybody said, hallelujah, you're going to heaven. And I said, praise God, I'm going to heaven. Basically, all it was for me is a fire insurance policy Basically, I wasn't going to go to hell and burn up, but now I was going to go to heaven, so I've reached my goal, and I'm here, and that's all I need to do, and that's where I'm going to be. But notice, when you start studying what Jesus said in the kingdom of God, you're going to find out that there's things beyond even the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to you. You now have authority in this earth realm. You now have power in this earth realm, and until you start understanding that and exercising that, because that's the purpose you two are here, you're then fulfilling your purpose. You find out that a lot of things you've been allowing in your life, you didn't have to allow in your life. A lot of things are going to God and say, oh, God, please help me. God's saying, I gave you the power and authority. Do it yourself because I gave you that power and authority. So through the kingdom of God, we are learning and we are hearing and we are growing in the things of God. And basically, uh, let's just go to Matthew chapter 5. Pretty close to where you're at. Here Jesus gives you the answer, Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, every single person born into this world was poor in spirit because when Adam basically fell, mankind lost the nature of God, they lost the power of God, they lost everything that God had given them from the kingdom on down. So, basically you are the poor in spirit when you're born into this earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Notice God's solution is not your efforts, it's not your religious work, it's not revivals, it's not rituals, it's not even denominations or churches, but the kingdom of God. Churches basically are no more than embassies to teach you how to live a kingdom life or a heavenly life here on the earth. We've been sent here and people are here basically to instruct you in the things of God, to instruct you about heavenly things, not earthly things. So basically we are here at TCVC. I am here to train sons, to extend God's will his intent, and his purpose that will cause a culture of God's values, morality, and natures right here in the natural realm. Hallelujah. I'm not called basically to make losers who hope for heaven. I'm here to make disciples of Jesus Christ and of the kingdom of God. And how does that come? It comes with knowledge of Jesus and knowledge about the kingdom of God. All right, just go up to Matthew chapter 6. All right, if you've been coming here very long, you definitely know this scripture. It's been underlined, starred 42 times. Matthew chapter six, look at verse 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, the things he's talking about are the everyday things that we go and we work for and we do everything for, for our food, for our clothes, for our house, for our mortgage, for all those things. But notice Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God or the government of God? Well basically when I started studying this I found that first of all that the kingdom of God was a government and the government of God is completely different than what you were born into. Repent means to, to make a change in the way that you think, to turn around at the way that you're thinking. So basically Jesus came and said repent. Why? Because the way you're thinking has to be changed. The Bible says we have been translated out of the kingdom or the government of darkness and translated it into the kingdom of his dear son. So you've been taken out of one government, which was the government of darkness, and you've been put in another government, which is the government of his his son. So what do I want to do? I want to find out the the values of that kingdom. I want to find out the laws of that kingdom. I want to find out the principles of that kingdom. I want to find out the nature of that kingdom. I want to find out what's different between the kingdom I've been living in and what the kingdom of God teaches me so I can change the way that I think to line up with kingdom thinking. You're never going to live in victory if you think the way the world does. The only way you're going to do it is to think and start thinking the way the kingdom is. Let's say that uh, basically, you know, every time we go on a trip someplace, you go through the Bahamas. I don't care what happens. You've got to go through the Bahamas at least once. And if you go over to the Bahamas, and let's say you've got a job over there, and at that time you want to become a citizen over there, you want to work there, and you want to change governments. So once you left the U.S. and you went over to the Bahamas and you became a citizen of that country, it's probably good for you to find out what their laws are, what their principles are, what their culture is, what everything else is, if you're going to live in that kingdom. And they're different than the United States. They eat a bunch of stuff over there. I ain't going to eat, praise God. Other people like it, but it's just not for me. But when you go there, you're going to end up probably start eating that stuff. And the first thing you're going to find out is you get there, you're at the Bahamas, praise God, and you rent yourself a car, and you pay for it, and you go shooting right out of there. And the first thing you do is you hit another driver head on. Why is that? Because in their laws, they drive on the other side of the road. And I found that most Christians who've been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of Sun are still driving on the wrong side of the road. Come on, see, then we want to run, in, run into an accident because we don't understand kingdom laws. We understand natural laws, and we run into problems, we run into events, we run into circumstances. Then we want to blame the government or the president. Or the prime minister, no, that's not the problem. The problem is you didn't know the law that told you to drive on the other side of the road. You'd have never gotten that mess to begin with. So what's God doing? He's changing our way of thinking. If it's not working in your life right now, good. At least you know it's not. Now get the Word of God and find out how God changes things. One thing God told me, His, his kingdom, a dispersing kingdom. I didn't come from dispersing. I came from getting every dollar. You can put that thing in the bank and hold on to that thing, man, because you're going to need it sooner or later when tragedy comes. But God is dispersing. God is a giving, completely opposite to what you're thinking. So what do we want to do? I want to seek the kingdom every day. I want to find out a little bit more of where I'm thinking wrong, where I'm doing things wrong. I want to know the laws, and I want to know the language of the kingdom. I know a lot of Christians who are born again and aren't speaking any language that lines up with heaven. See, it doesn't work that way. And one thing that Jesus you know, said in the Bible was, Be ye holy as I am holy. And when I studied holy and I looked up holy, holy is the same as where it says God is one. Where it says God is one, I just figured, well, God's one. But when you look up the word one, the one actually means he's one. He is the same all the time, no matter what's going on around him. So if the, the virus is out there, God's still the same. If it's not there, God's still the same. If a hurricane come, God is one. He's still the same. So if we're going to be holy, we are going to have to be one all the time. I'm talking about stability, a word that people hate in the kingdom. But you're stable. What I'm, What you see here today is what you get. If you saw me when I worked at the post office, I was the same. If you see me out with my buddies, I am the same. I'm not one way out with my buddies and another way when I'm over here with my family and another way when I'm at church. That's why the church is full of hypocrites. Because we're not holy, we're not one, we want to be everybody to suit everybody. No, you are who you are, praise God, and you need to come into oneness and holiness, and you do that by finding out the laws and the principles that God has given us, and we line up our thinking the way that Jesus' thinking was, and all through the four Gospels, it talks about, basically, the kingdom of God. So notice the priority, your number one priority is to seek first, that word means first, the kingdom of God. Now up until this day right here that we're living in, your life basically is a sum total of all the decisions that you have made so far. Now listen, that you have made, not that God has made. In other words, you can't blame God for the dumb decisions that you made and say that He put you there or is taking you through something. The problem is you are a sum total of every decision that you made. So how am I going to make a decision? I'm going to make a decision based on the results. In other words, I'm going to seek What that decision is going to cost me on the other end, and then if I don't like what's going to happen down the road, then I'm not going to make that decision. Everybody just—I don't know whether to do it or not. I probably should. I probably shouldn't. You got young girls out there who's saying, "I, "I love this. I love this. I love this boyfriend." He a hunk, praise God, and I'll tell you what, praise God. I think that I should have, I should have love with him. That's what I think. Well, at times that sounds good. At times it don't sound good. But what is the result of that? What is the consequence of that decision down the road? Are you going to be left with a child that you can't provide for simply because you made a dumb decision? Are you following? So what do we want to do? Every decision we make, we want to check out the consequences of that decision before we make it, then go back and decide whether to make the decision or not. So the kingdom of God is here to line us up, it's here to straighten us up, but notice the kingdom of God is the priority. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna make the kingdom of God my number one first priority. Now, here's the way I do it, you can do it any way you want. When I started in this, the night before or the day before, I find some priorities that I'm definitely going to do the next day. I don't wait till morning, I don't wait till the middle of the afternoon. The night before, so if I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, my number one priority the next day is I'm going to spend some time in the Word seeking the kingdom of God. That's my number one priority. That's it. Whether it's 15 minutes, half hour, 20, whatever you want to do, you make that. It's a. It's not a suggestion. It's not. I'll try. Ever done something? Where I'm going to try to do that today. You never did because you didn't have any priorities. So you set up your priorities. Every day I'm gonna seek first the kingdom of God. I'm gonna spend some time in the word of God. Every day I'm gonna spend some time in prayer, whether it be 15 minutes, hour, depending on my thing, that's it, so my priority, kingdom of God, prayer. Maybe read a book that I've been reading lately, maybe a chapter of that book, that's number three. Maybe exercise. That's number four, I'm gonna walk for a half hour a day. Now I've got one, two, three, four priorities, maybe that's all I want for that day, but I've got four priorities that I am gonna to do tomorrow, no matter what happens in my life, those are my priorities, and that's it. I'm not gonna get up in the morning and say, well, I'll do them tonight after work, and you know you're gonna come home, lay down in bed, you're gonna sleep and not do your priorities. No, these are your priorities. So at six o'clock at night, you're ready to sit back and, and hang out a little bit and turn on the TV, and all, once you look at your priorities, and if there's a couple you haven't done, Then you put the channel changer back down and you go and you do the priorities that you set for that day. Now, when you're done, you go back to the TV. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing the priorities that you set down. So if you start today and for the rest of your life, set your priorities as seek ye first the kingdom of God, a little prayer time or long prayer time, whatever you're being led to, and exercise or whatever, and you will get the results of that. How many of you know that? There's a big difference between not exercising and exercising as we're all finding out in this time. Praise God, you know, we're sitting around, we're not doing much, and when you don't do much, I mean, it just happens. You can eat as little as you want, but it all goes the same place, praise God. It just seems to settle in there. So notice, we want to make priorities. Those are going to be my priorities that I do each and every day. Now, by making correct priorities, you then will make correct decisions, and one thing you will save in your life is time. Time. Time is very important. As a matter of fact, time is actually the currency of your life. Money is the currency of the economy, but time is the currency of your life. And what you spend your time on, sooner or later, you will become. Oh, why am I 100 pounds overweight? Well, because you've used your time to sit in front of the TV set and eat chips and Twinkies all day long. And because of that, you've used your time for the wrong thing, and because you've did that, you're now overweight. Why are people ignorant? People are ignorant because they chose basically to do mindless games rather than read a book or go to a school or study, and after a period of time, that is what you become. Many people in the world are now worried. Why are they worried? Because they've given their time to watching the news media, the news reports, what's going on in the world, bad news, fake news, all news, no news, every news. And basically when you get to that, what's it do? It makes you worried. So your time is definitely very important in your life. It is the currency of your life. What I want to do is just like with money. I want to take a little bit of money, invest it, and get a whole bunch out of it. How many you think that's a good idea? I want to take whatever time I've got, I want to invest it in something that's going to give me a very large return on it. So Jesus said, if you just make your priority first, the kingdom of God, if you make your priority basically seeking that kingdom, finding out that kingdom and His righteousness, then all these things from the world will basically be added unto you. The Bible tells us to redeem the time. You must redeem the time. Why does he say that? Because time is very important to each and every one of us. And the thing is, you know, I've I've invested in some stuff over the years that didn't really work out very well, and I lost some money. But after a few years, you can always recoup the money, but you can't recoup your time. Once your time goes, that day goes. When this day is over today, you can't go back and give somebody 20 bucks to get it back again. Basically, it's gone forever. So time cannot be brought back. So a key basically to living in the kingdom of God for me and one of the main priorities was basically to set my priorities up so that I would use my time. That protects my time and it also protects my energy. But a lot of people out there don't have any priorities. They don't even know why they're here. They don't know what their purpose is. So they're going through life and gone through life and gone through life. I heard a quote one time. It's one of my favorites. The greatest tragedy in this life is not death, but life without a purpose. In other words, you can live this entire life not even know why you're here. Oh, I was, I'm 80 years old. What have you done? I don't know. What were you supposed to do? I don't know. Well, it's time to find out maybe what you were put here for in this time. The question is this morning, why are you here? What are you here for? Do you want to get an expert to tell you? Do you want to get a specialist to tell you that? I mean, what do you want to do? No, you want to go find out what's important to him, and his priority is for you to seek first the kingdom of God and right standing in that kingdom, and all these things will then be added unto you. The greatest mistake in life is to be busy but not effective. And busyness has basically become a badge for people. If you run into a Christian, how are you doing? Oh, I've been so busy. I had bingo this afternoon and I had set up the chairs and I'll clean the toilets and I did this. Oh, and we think, "Woo! that guy's really holy. But notice, busyness basically is only good if you're effective in what you're supposed to be doing. If not, you're wasting your time the whole time. And one of the effects of that is basically we start to do things and don't finish them. See, if you don't have a priority, you'll have a good idea. You'll start to do it, and when it gets a little bit tough, you'll stop there, and you'll go to your next one, and then you'll go to your next one, and then you go to your next one. First of after a while your laundry's in the dryer but not done your dishes are half washed because you never finished them this is over here no make your priorities and finish those priorities one at a time in your day you may have to straddle a little bit maybe your day gets crazy in the morning and you can't pray until night but that is your priority to do that day and that must be done in order for you to keep the priorities that are there there's a lot of talents that are being wasted right now why because they don't know why they're here so they're out there singing crazy songs songs that don't really help anybody songs that don't promote God's kingdom and basically by doing that they're wasting the talent that God gave them so I want to capture my time I want to capture what talents I've got I want to capture my energy I want to have energy just by doing the right things and the right priorities at the right time so basically what are we talking about once again priorities this morning if you'll do this every night if you got to get a pencil and pad do it get a pad out and say these are the things I'm going to do tomorrow and you don't have to plan your whole day because that's never going to work out something's going to happen just the main priorities that you need to do you put out and I'll tell you what you know the whole kingdom of God is you sow and you go to bed and you sow and you go to bed and you go and pretty soon there's a harvest on the other side that's the way the kingdom of God operates it's not how long you sow it's what you sow consistently One time Kenny Copeland said, inconsistency will lie the power in your life. In other words, be consistent. Don't lose your priorities for a week and then go back and read the whole New Testament to try to make up for what you didn't do. It doesn't work that way. It's every day. It's just like eating. It's just like vitamins. So I'm making a priority. What is that priority? Whatever your priorities are. And I'm going to make sure those priorities are done the first chance that I get when I've got downtime to get done that day. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. Getting very far here this morning for some reason. Your life has a purpose, man. There's a purpose there for you. You just got to find out what that purpose is. I think the greatest failure in life basically is to be successful in the wrong thing imagine getting your older years and everybody looks at you as success and they're bowing down to you and telling you how wonderful you are and you find out at 75 years old that you were doing not even what you were supposed to be doing and you were successful the whole time in the world's eyes but not in God's eyes what's successful in God's eyes basically finishing the purpose that he put you here to do during your time frame that's why you have to seek him and find out exactly what your purpose is all right Luke chapter 10 Look at verse 38, "'Now it came to pass as they went that they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, "'Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me.' And Jesus answered and said unto her, "'Martha, Martha, you are careful, anxious, and worried, and troubled about many things.' But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from you. Now notice, this is a parable here. This is a story or or whatever you want to call it. Basically, it's on priorities. What happened here, basically, Jesus was teaching this and giving this, and it was put in the Bible for kingdom priorities. Mary, notice, she had a priority. What was she going to do when Jesus came? It says here she was going to sit at Jesus' feet and hear the word about the kingdom. And Martha was there too. How many know Martha had a priority? What was her? She was going to serve. She was going to cook. She was going to clean. She was getting ready because Jesus was there. So Martha served, but worried. Distracted, but mad at her sister. All she did from cook, clean, serve, do everything that day. Nothing was bad that she did, but basically it was not the principal thing. It was not the one thing needful. The opportunity would pass. She had a chance to hear about the kingdom of God from the king himself. How many of you know that would be exciting? She was busy, but she wasn't effective. She was successful in the wrong thing. All she received was after that day, she was tired, she was irritated, she was mad. How many of you ever ended up your day that way? Well, why is that? Because you have wrong priorities, you wasted your day, you wasted your time, and you wasted your energy. Mary, what did she do? First things first. She chose the good part. She chose the priority. The one thing here says it was needful. It would affect her her entire life. And here it says it would never be taken away from her again. So now here's a lesson you're going to learn. In order to be a good Martha, you must first have to be a good Mary. If you're not, and you're just out there trying to do everything, trying to please the Lord, trying to serve the Lord, trying to do everything, but you haven't spent the time at His feet, you're gonna be frustrated know how much time you do. So what do I wanna do? First of all, I wanna do Mary's part. I wanna sit at the feet of Jesus, I wanna study the kingdom, I wanna find out my purpose, I wanna build myself up. Then out of that, I wanna serve and do what happens. We have many people who wanna serve in the church, but nobody wants to seek the kingdom first in order to find out what they're supposed to serve and how they're supposed to serve. So notice Mary here basically did the right thing. She had the correct priority at this time. She was not irritated. She was not worried. She was not fearful, even though she just sat at Jesus' feet. It's the same way with us. You have to decide what are the needful things in your life. What is your priority of life? What, is, what gets you going? What builds you up? What keeps you going? Basically, Jesus said two things for the Christian. Very simple. Seek first the kingdom or the government of God, how it operates, the laws, the principles, and the righteousness of God being in right standing with Him. All right, go back to Matthew chapter 6. All right, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 24. It says, no man or woman can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not much better than they? Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye the thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field." How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The answer is yes. Verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Whither all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the pagans or the Gentiles seek, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But simply two things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought of things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, when Jesus taught this, and if He came to teach the same thing right now, it would shake people up. Because basically most people in the world, including me and including Christians, basically at one time, our whole life consisted in getting these things in working for these things sometimes working two or three jobs just to get these things well i need food i need drink i'm the man I supply all my family's needs according to their riches and glory. So I'm going to work overtime. I'm going to work this. I'm going to work hours. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to work till I get a bunch of stuff. And what's your future? Well, sooner or later, I'm going to retire, sit around about ten years, and croak. You know, that's my whole life. But notice, that's not any purpose. That's not any goal. That's not anything else. But that is everybody's thing. What's everybody after? They're after these simple, natural things. Oh, we got to have enough food. We got to have enough drink. We got to have a new house. We got to have stay. We got to have clothes. We got to do all these things. In other words, most people's purpose here on the earth is basic survival or basic survival mode. And when you get a little bit of money, you feel real good because you've got everything paid for and you actually got $10 left over the bank so you're all excited about it. And now comes Jesus along and watch what Jesus says. Don't even worry about these things. What? Don't even worry about these. Are you crazy? That's what I'm looking. Don't even worry about these. I'm oh, always worried about. Don't even worry about these things. He goes completely opposite in the way the thing. Don't even think about these things. Because if you do, what'll happen is you will be able to be manipulated by these things. Hallelujah. Every time we have an election, what happens? Most governments are established on these things. Political guy knows how to get you. He knows how to come after you. Oh, I'm going to give you a big pay raise. I'm going to cut your taxes. I'm going to give you some more welfare. I'm going to take care of you. And what do you want to do? woo I'm going to vote for him. Why? Because he's godly? Because he has kingdom values? Or because you're going to get something out of it, praise God, and it's going to work out for you. So they know they know what to do. They never do it. But they they promise it. And then when you vote them in, they just do whatever they want to do anyway. And then hopefully you vote them out in four or five years or whatever it takes. But notice, what are they doing? They're using these basic priorities that every human being needs out there. And they're putting them out there basically so that you will vote for them thinking that you're going to get these things through them. So you're being manipulated by wrong priorities. I'll tell you, the church has even come to a place, glory, glory, to where they will actually vote in someone who is pro-abortion, for abortion, simply because they promised them lower taxes. Now, I'm telling you what, if you're going to go against the kingdom of God in the way that you vote, simply because you're going to get another $10 a week in your check, you're in trouble, praise God. Come on, we're we're kingdom people. We don't change. What God has already stated, that's what it is. What's right with God is right now. What's wrong with God is wrong now. It doesn't change. We can't have a caucus and discuss it. We can't have groups and change it. It is already done in the kingdom of God. So don't be manipulated. Most of Christianity in my life was manipulation. I was taught, well, if you pray and fast and you believe God, much, he's going to go ahead and take care of your mortgage. If you pray and fast, God's going to give you a new car. So every morning, God, oh, I need a new car. Oh, I need a new car. In Jesus' name, I need a new car. Then when the car was just about, the old car was about to break down, it's, in Jesus' name, I need a new car. <laughs> Figured if I yelled louder, you know, he'd pay attention this time. So what was I doing? I was basically manipulating God or a deity to try to get to give me things, basically based on my prayer, because He was the one that was supposed to come in and help me through my faith in order to do these things. And you know, when I needed something, do you ever notice when you need something real bad, you get really get close to God? When everything's going good, I don't need God, man. Everything's going great. But as soon as something happens, boy, you become really strong religiously, praise God. You are in there, and you're pressing into God, and you say, oh, yeah, God, God, God. But notice, basically, here comes here comes deity himself. He says, don't even think about or worry about these things. Don't even let them cross your mind. Just simply seek first my kingdom ways, the right standing in that kingdom, your right position in the kingdom, and all these things you spent your whole life getting and worrying about will be added unto you so basically when this is taught and when it's taught in this day and age people look at it and they basically think that basically you're nuts but the number one priority basically was and will be seek ye first the kingdom of God all right look at verse 25 Jesus says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What's that mean? Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Don't make it your whole life's thing. Don't do it, basically. You don't need these things. These things should not consume your entire life and your entire existence. Worry, basically, is to consume in thought, to fret, to establish as our first interest. So Jesus says, stop worrying about these things. What does worry do for you? The only thing it does for you is raise your blood pressure. It gets you nothing. It never changed anything except your health. So don't worry about these things. He's trying to get us off worrying and getting us on the priority that he gives, which is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things you were worrying about will be added unto you. So here's God. What's he trying to do? He's trying to take us out of the kingdom of darkness the way that we think. He's trying to bring us into his kingdom, but he has to do that by getting us to put our confidence in him rather than in manipulation and everything else is out there. You cannot have your confidence in your job. You cannot have it in your bank account. You cannot have it in Your confidence has to be in God. Why? Because it says here, he's your father and he knows what you need. He is your daddy, praise God. He knows what to need. But then again, he tells you how it operates. How does it operate? Basically, by going after the kingdom of God, lining up with the kingdom of God, driving on the right side of the road for whatever government you are in, and you avoid a lot of things in your life that may come in and try to mess you up. Basically, you were put here to rule things, not pursue things. You have rulership over everything. You have management over the money. You have management over the earth. You have management over demons. You have management, all these things. God just wants you to take your place in rule and manage these things. Look at verse 31. It says, wherefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and whether all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the... Pagans or Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Now, how many of you know there are pagans? Basically, pagans are religious people. They are just people who have wrong concepts, wrong ideas, and want a relationship with God, but aren't doing it in the right area. So, he says, don't live like the pagans. Well, how do pagans live? Pagans live their whole life on simple survival trying to make enough money, trying to get food, trying to get drink, trying to supply for everything that's in their lives. So that tells me that most of the pagan services around or right around Sunday morning, around 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning, because most Christians are acting like pagans even though they're not pagans anymore. Our whole life is simply about getting things. So God comes, He tries to shift our purpose Shift our priority over into a place, basically, where you start seeking first the kingdom of God. If you keep your your priorities on these things that Jesus is teaching that you don't keep your priorities to, you're going to live frustrated. You're going to live worried. You're going to have... You're going to have problems in your health. Why? Because you were never created to have fear. You were never created to live in worry. You were created back in Genesis chapter 1 to be in, a, in an atmosphere of God's kingdom, God's nature, God's love, God's victory, God's power, God's peace. And once Adam fell now, the ability to do otherwise is on in a, on the inside of us. So what happens? The more you fear, the more it affects every single area of you from your emotions to your feelings to your physical thing. So you're not created to do that. So God's not only telling us about the things we need, He's telling us about, how to live healed how to live in health get out of worry get out of fear get out of stress get out of frustration get out of all these things so it tells you to seek say seek 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 means to pursue to study to explore to understand and here's the difference a true seeker in the things of god has to want to seek in other words, if there is a desire in your heart to live the kingdom away, which there was with me when I found this out, with a desire to find out how the kingdom operates, there was a compassion on the inside of me to study Jesus and find out how He was living and what He was doing, why, so I could fulfill my purpose here on the earth. I can't live in the natural realm, end up in the funny farm and fulfill my purpose that God put me here to do. So I'm finding out everything that God told me, I'm learning, I'm going, but there was a passion in my heart. Some of you will hear this message, you'll get all excited, you'll do this for one day and you won't do it again until you hear this message message again what I'm teaching you here is something you need to do and you need to do it on a daily basis if you want to change your life whether you do it or not it's not going to affect me because I've already made a decision to do this on a daily basis for the last 15 years so I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm studying and I get a more revelation on it and more revelation on it and then I see oh boy I'm thinking really stupid there so whatever I got to do do I want to argue with God well let me tell you what I think God You know, this may be what you say, but you don't understand. I've been a pastor now for 20 years, and I know pretty much down here, baby, God. No, I'm going to adjust it no matter what God says because it's his kingdom. It's his government. He's the ruler, and I want his rulership over my life, basically. So I'm going to change the way that I think to the way that he thinks, and the more I line up, the more life easier. There's There's no more worry. There's no more strife. My days of sickness and disease and worry and fear are over forever, praise God. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, I don't believe there is any up there. I don't think Peter's worried this morning. I don't think Paul's freaking out up there this morning. I think up there everything's going fine, and we can do that because he said he wants to bring his kingdom lifestyle down here to the earth realm. All right, look at verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, notice he gives us two. Not only seek the kingdom of God, but also his righteousness. Righteousness is not a religious word. It is a legal word. In other words, it means right positioning to be in alignment with authority to be in right standing with authority, to be in legal and lawful alignment that gives you the rights as a citizen to receive citizen benefits. So I wanna live in right standing and right position with him. The right standing is to walk in love, forgive, come on, not be offended, What am I doing? I'm walking in His ways. My right position is I'm raised and seated in heavenly places. I'm far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. I have rulership. I rule and reign in this earth. That's giving me my right position. And the more you get into your right position, the more He can supply everything that you need in your life because now you're in alignment with the kingdom of God. Righteousness is definitely a key, and basically it gives you legal rights. If somebody would have told me this years ago that once I got born again, you've got authority over the devil, you've got power over the devil, you've got authority over sin, sickness, disease, the devil didn't make you do it, you just did it. If somebody would have taught me those things, basically I could have started living this way a long time ago. But I found it out, praise God, it was in the Bible, and the Bible actually says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, everybody's got a sin. We're all sinners saved by grace. No, you're the righteousness of God. Basically, he who knew no sin became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God. So you've been placed in this position in the kingdom of God, a kingdom of rulership, a kingdom of authority, a kingdom of victory, and a kingdom where you can now forgive people. I don't care if mom and dad didn't forgive anybody. I don't care if grandma was the most unforgiving person in the world. You're a new generation and you now make your own decisions on what you do. So basically what are you going to You're going to forgive people right away. That's the first thing you're going to do. All right, look at verse 34. It tells you take no thought or don't even worry about what? Tomorrow, for tomorrow shall have thought of the things of itself. Now this is a good one here. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How many know that's the truth? My God, you got enough trouble today without worrying about tomorrow at this point. So basically, he says, Stop worrying about tomorrow. Prepare for a good tomorrow. Expect the best tomorrow. Don't worry about the worst thing that could happen tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry will never pay a bill for you or do anything for you. He says, Sufficient unto the day, unto this day, is what I will give you. So, Father God says, I will give you what you need today. The kingdom is a dispersing kingdom. That's why we say, this is the day the Lord has made. It was never, this is the week the Lord has made. No, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Most people can't rejoice today because they're too worried about tomorrow. And most people can't rejoice today because they're still dragging their past with them in the past. No, you trust God every single day. And people say, well, then you're not supposed to have a bank account. Yes, you are. You can have all the bank accounts you want. Just don't make that bank account your God. See, keep God as your God and maybe sooner or later he might whisper something to you about taking something out of that bank account and maybe giving it to somebody else. I mean, no, that's the devil. See, because we don't understand, do we? we you know, I talked to a few people who are going through this thing and, and some pastors right now in smaller churches, they're hurting basically because people aren't sending in their tithes, aren't giving in their tithes, aren't doing this and that. And the first thing I'll ask any of them is, do you teach on tithing? Do you, do you talk about the kingdom of God as a dispersing kingdom? Well, no, you don't want to do that because people get mad. When you you talk about money, I said, then they're not going to give you anything. They don't understand that they're not supporting you. They don't understand that they're they're doing the kingdom of God thing as basically give your tithes and offerings basically is a 10% to a start of kingdom living, a start to giving, a start to being like God and what He does. Well, basically, thank God we teach that here. Thank God Patrick always teaches that here. Praise God. But that's good. Why is that? Because you don't have to worry about it when the time comes. People are calling me. Where can we sow? How how can I get my seed in there? Where are you guys at? Do we have to bring it down to you? Should we come to your house? Should we do this? Why is that? Because they've taught and they've learned that this is just a regular part of kingdom life in their life. So there's no problem doing it. So notice what else is said. In our prayer, when we pray the Our Father, it says, Give us this day our weekly bread. No. It says, Give us this day our... Daily bread. Notice, he wants you to trust him on a daily basis for everything that is there. In the Old Testament, a type and shadow, remember manna? He gave manna from heaven, and you didn't want to store up a whole bunch of manna, because if you did, the second day it was rotten. So every single day, that's what God wants from us as kingdom people. What are we going to do? Basically, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God, and we're going to live in right standing with that kingdom. We're going to repent. We're going to make the adjustments that we need to make to think up with kingdom thinking. And as we do that, all these things will be added unto you. Now, before I close, I want to give you one other thing. Don't say, wow, that's good, and I'm going to do that. You know why? Because I want all things added unto me. That's not the reason you're seeking God or his kingdom. These things are results of, these are benefits of, not things that you go after. I mean, if you went after them in prayer, you went after them through the politician, don't go after them because of the kingdom. Just do what the king tells you to do. Seek first the kingdom, how it operates, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you to you. These are natural things basically that will come into your life supernaturally into your life because that's what God has promised to each and every one of us. Now maybe this is the first time you ever heard anything like this. That's fine. Go back. Listen to it again. Pick up your own Bible. Study it for yourself. Everything I gave you today was in red was not in my writing it's in there and basically this is what Jesus was trying to teach people this is what he's trying to get over to the body of Christ you're not just a poor little Christian hoping God does something you are a kingdom person who has rights in the kingdom of God as a citizen in the government of God and God wants you to start enforcing your rights in your life whether it be healing whether it be joy whether it be peace all these things belong to you but find out your priorities write them down Put them down. Start to do it. If you can only start with two, do that. But it'll be added to you each day. One one day the night before, I want to mow yard if it's possible. I make sure I mow yard that day. It's a natural thing. But still, if you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting off. Some people have things that they've been putting off for years. But you know what? They're going to do it. They're still going to do it, praise God. They're still going to get there. No, set your priorities up, do it, especially the kingdom of God priority, and the more things in your life will start to change, you're going to see more peace, you're going to see more joy, you're going to see more prosperity in your life. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now. For your word it has gone forth, I thank you that the power of this word enters the hearts of each and every person here. That it's not just another sermon where they say amen, hallelujah, thank you very much. But basically they do what your word declares. Jesus, you said if we seek first the kingdom and the righteousness, all these things would be added that we don't have to worry and we don't have to fear anymore. Then we thank you right now for that being solidified in the hearts of each and every person. Holy Spirit, rise up on the inside of each and every person. Show them your priorities how they need to seek, how they need to find, how they need to go through the open doors that you're giving to them. And I thank you, Father, for the changes being made in people's lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week. We will see you again next Sunday.